Welcome to the Tree XG podcast, joined by your host, me, Ethan, Colonel O'Shea, Jeff Lahart, and also a big shout out to, obviously, we said this before, Colonel's twin, doing the social media and the editing for us. Big, pre- uh, big appreciation. Yeah, big weight we, off our shoulders, yeah. Yeah, thanks so much, Colonel. You're a star. Made some, made some good uh, good videos last week, didn't he? The Rafinha ones and... He did, yeah. They could be a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> room for a bit better. We'll, we'll, we'll meet There's him. We'll meet him this week and then we'll go through his go through who he's in. So we're gonna kick off things a little bit differently today. We had no football to watch this week. Connell cute aside uh, a bit like an iCardi. No, but Ireland did like, well. Oh Ireland did well though. So Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so how are we gonna kick things off, Connell, today? Well, I think we're going to keep obviously on the same team of XG. So uh, Jeff, has, Jeff, has, Jeff has picked out two games where it had really interesting results in terms of the XG versus the actual. Um, and we're just going to have a quick discussion about them and what we remember about it. Just you know, to dig into the archives and show that XG isn't always right. Jeff, what were the games? So we remember two games where there was like a significant difference in the the scoreline and the XG that came up so we went for Chelsea Everton which was on the 16th of December and the result in that game was one all and we'll reveal the XG now in a second and the other game that we went for was Liverpool Leicester on the 28th of December which is a 1-0 win for Leicester and again we'll reveal the XG in a minute so just for context the stats of the game obviously uh, for Chelsea Everton one one goal each, 23 shots to Chelsea, five for Everton, 10 shots on target for Chelsea, three for Everton. Now, these are the old school stats that Sky Sports and I would go by. Obviously, we go by yeah. XG. So I thought. Well, me and you do, Jeff. Yeah. Not all shot is the same. No? <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting it. <laughs> so, all the over quantity. <laughs> the XG in this game was. 3.20 for Chelsea. That's high. And 0. 0.63 for Everton. Couldn't stand to understand now. Yeah. <laughs> Big good. Yeah. He runs maths in Ireland. 3.20 XG for Chelsea in that game. And they scored one. Expected points for Chelsea. 2.8. 0.12 for Everton expected points and it was one all Everton absolutely like so scraped good. by just for the record this was without Frank Lampard this was with yeah. Rafa Benitez yeah it was just towards the end of his tenure the goal so it shows that even though Benitez got a good result at Stamford Bridge didn't keep him from losing his job no but nothing was has really improved or was yeah yeah back understand. then it's such a crazy situation, but now look, I don't like doing this. Kind of pushed my hand at this, doing <laughs> this. I don't like XG being disproven, but in the long term, or even in the broad scale of things, how are Chelsea do? They're, they've been they're improving over the last couple. They've been better than Everton, like prospectively, or <laughs> no, are they, doing better than they have more points than Everton. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you what they're doing. They're doing much better than Frank Lampard, anyway. But, but yeah, like 
We watched the highlights and you know you have to give a small bit of credit to, to Pickford, like you might pull off some good saves. Jeff, have we ever seen a team get away with these crazy XG results going against them in a season? Have we ever seen a, a team like that? Well, if, what's the team that you've seen that have climbed so high by getting negative mm. XG results? You don't have to have the actual XG stats in it, but just from what you can remember in your lifetime. I have one in my head. Leicester, wasn't that when they won the league? Kind of. Were they they were underperform or overperforming? They were overperforming, yeah. definitely, but not largely. Yeah. Newcastle eleven twelve. Yeah. Newcastle yeah. eleven twelve. Alan Pardew. Fifth, yeah. In the league with a plus five goal difference. <laughs> a plus five goal difference and they finished fifth. They they, had, they added more years on Alan Pardew's contract than they did. Yeah. <laughs> <It was goal laughs> plus five. Goal difference. They finished ahead of Chelsea FC, who won the Champions League that year. Is that the year they won the Champions League? Yes. And Chelsea finished sixth. One of the worst teams to win a Champions League. That was the year of the won. unbelievable Cissé goal as well, wasn't it? Against Chelsea. Yeah, against Chelsea. In yeah. Stamford Bridge. Every unbelievable I, I think, I think <laughs> that come up recently that that's like the 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 brace with the lowest XG that's ever happened in the Premier League. I think like something like zero point two two. 0. 0.02 was it? No, 2-2. Like he, in that no, game... No, that was not 0. No, no, no. In, no, in that game, two he goals. had 0.22 XG as a player and he scored two goals. So it's the lowest XG for someone to get two goals. I saw an interesting stat that he was on the TED Talk that Papi Cissé <laughs> actually scored it was something to do with, what was it, 30% of yeah, the yeah. conversion rate, yeah. Uh, while he was at Newcastle that... Yeah, Papi I saw that same one, yeah. And Messi... Messi's average who, who scored whatever 70 goals or 60 goals this season had an 18% conversion rate. <laughs> was that Rasmus Ankers and Ted Yes, yeah, yeah, it was. Brilliant, yeah. that was isn't that? Yeah, that's very good though. Yeah. Every group yeah. Chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to go back to the, the XG on the game, the Everton game, so theirs was point, what did I say it was? 0. 0.63. 0. 0.56 of that came from one shot. The in goal. the seventy third minute, that's the goal. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it He's quite close though to the goal. Being very generous. Yeah. Just <clears throat> madness. And then obviously, Chelsea had twenty three shots in the game, so theirs just added up and added up and added up. They're obviously making big chances. If yeah, there was two, up. two or three there. Were ah, they, yeah, they should have. Yeah, but Chelsea been. are susceptible to that. Anyway, this let's talk about. Let's go Liverpool Leicester. Yeah, and well, this I one, this one, this was so sad. This one's a bit different because, as you can probably see from that, the XG came from um, you know one instance where they should have scored, and that's <clears throat> the thing I didn't want to spoil beforehand was uh, from that article that Jeff sent in yesterday, which was actually very good when I read it um, about the changes happening to XG because it addresses people like me who were challenging. Did, did everyone hear that? Cool, appreciated. <laughs> yeah, the because they're working to cater to people like me, you know. <laughs> So the the example they used was that we was used the beep noises. <laughs> they when they one of the examples they used about how they're fixing XG or how they're making it better is that instance there because Salah had the penalty if people remember this game from the Leicester game where he missed the penalty and the rebound and then he missed a third rebound. So if you calculate that on XG, they would have had that as one point two four, which in theory is impossible because they can't score more than one goal. So now. That accumulated 2.4. 1.24. Oh. <laughs> so now that would be, I think they said it would be 0. 0.95. Because you're like, you're basically going to score. You should score. Yeah. But back before, that was one of the changes they made. Which I was like, oh, that's a thing I have. I asked How you about a couple months like, ago. It's funny because when you said it, it's like, 
oh, I should have come. They definitely do take it that yeah. into account. Or we, we just never thought about or, it. Or we were like, like, look, they've got it under control. That's what you guys are too focused you're, on. You're you're innovative. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. And I saw that and I was like, no, I don't want to hear you slagging XG anymore. No, I, I, no. So I was, I was joking about the article, and then I actually, when I clicked into it, I was like, you know, I'll see what the changes they've made. And I was like, first of all, I was surprised a lot of them weren't already in place. <laughs> secondly, I was like, I'm happy that they're they're doing it. I said, the big one is the, the, the goal. goalkeeper. Yeah, that I, one. I, I, was, I was like, sorry, what? Did you see the examples, the changes? But that, but that was some a of post-shot like, XG. We're getting too meticulous. No, it's not anyway. a post-shot XG. It's just taking the goalkeeper's position into account. And like some of them went from like that 0. Is 0.56. Shot XG. Is that what she's saying? They're based on the center of the net. So yeah, they're based on the center. Yeah, the so that one was cr- that Some of the differences in the XG on some of those examples were mad. Yeah. Jeff, give us a few more stats than on this Liverpool. So I'm done with this. It, it was 1 0 <laughs> to Leicester. There were 21 shots to Liverpool, 6 to Leicester. Liverpool, interestingly, only had 4 shots on target out of the 21. Leicester had five, didn't they? Leicester had one. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be the goal. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would be the goal. Uh, Liverpool's expected points. 2.76. Leicester's 0.15. And then the XG, Liverpool, 2.73. Leicester, 0.62. And the goal, because if, if anyone remembers back, the, the goal that was scored was Adam Ola Luckman. Yeah. Um, Nigerian player, unbelievable strike. To be fair, what we had a guess what the XG were. I think was that about 0. 0.22? 0.17. What we watched it, it was yeah, it looked fairly grand. Like, wow, it was a great finish. Why yeah, yeah. two better goals than that last night? Can you just look? I don't know if you have just it there. in, in comparison. Passed. So, 0.07 on understat and on fault mob, just to compare. 0.09. So there you go. Well, is is the majority of XG coming from that James Madison chance then? The one that he just scuffed. This must be the new XG. Goalkeeper, Alice in a great position. <laughs> yeah, there was one Madison chance, wasn't there? Yeah, that he just kind of scuffed. I think Jeff Hallam was on there. It was like... <laughs> 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 it's like a penalty. No, nah, that was like 0.14. Wait, where did they get all this XG from? But I suppose we did only watch a three minute well, It was a nice end game. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh... Liverpool, Liverpool do that to teams though. We know what Liverpool do. Like Liverpool literally just try to like overload teams mentally by just they just get yeah. so many shots. It's such an accumulation. Suffocate of shots. them, yeah. Yeah, and they yeah. play they play the stats game and they do it well. But just today yeah, it's just an outlier. Is it my turn? Yeah, it's your cool. turn. Your, your, your segment this week. Yes. <laughs> so this week, instead of talking about football news, because like I said earlier, number one, there was no football. And number two, we've nothing better to do. Um, we're going to talk about free transfers that are coming up this summer. Because God almighty, it's a huge summer for free, free transfers. Like, But two in particular that we're going to talk about. I'll give a few few examples of who else just to before who we didn't make the cut of yeah. talk about us today. Well, the Chelsea talk about <laughs> us talking about them today. The Chelsea ones, obviously, because that's the Chelsea ones because that's, boring. That's a grey area. Yeah. Oh, Nana <laughs> is going to Inter Milan. Kessie's going to Barcelona. Dybala, who cares? Yeah. Who who actually cares? If you care where Dybala is going, why do you support Spurs? <laughs> why do you support Spurs? Yeah, definitely Bappe, end up in the MLS as well. Yeah. Mbappe 
United. United. Real Madrid. You're off. Perisic. He's 70. He's probably still at 28, though. We want to talk about two. Watch United sign him. Two popular ones, okay? And it'd be interesting. I think Jeff, you pulled up his stats here now. Number one, we'll talk about. We're going to go outside the Premier League. We're going to go abroad. We're going to France, okay? Ousmane Dembele. Come on, talk to me. Well, obviously, yeah, he, as any, anyone who knows football can see that he didn't really work out for Barcelona, or whether it's injury, mentality, don't follow it closely enough, but, you know, he doesn't really he see playing video games. Does he, yeah? Until early in the morning, yeah. <laughs> That's not good for if you have to get up early for training. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Barcelona. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he, obviously, whatever way it didn't work out for him, he doesn't have the head of someone who seems to really care. Barcelona invested way too much money on him. Um, the only kind of thing is, it, it looks like from recent talks, Xavi seems to be kind of interested in keeping him. No, um, no, let me just correct you right there, Connor. Okay, it's in their best interest to keep him anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. So I'm saying, but like we know though, and we'll get on to another person, another special person in a minute. It's in that club's best interest to keep that player as well. It's because he's young; he's a valuable asset. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not denying. I'm just saying for a broke club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're going, what they're going to do. I don't, know, I don't. But but, but, but at the same to. time, they say in Barcelona. But at the same time, I assume they're unless Dembele is agent or whoever is really greedy. Barcelona are well with the right to say, look, we keep you for three more years, but we're going to half your salary or you're going to. Oh, yeah. So yeah. like for them, messy. Yeah, and he, he seems he seems to be doing relatively okay under Xavi. Like he seems to be happy with some of his performances. Yeah, um, he's playing more often. What are they gauging on? Like, oh, go try three games in the Premier League and then go, we'll see, see if you offer you a new contract. Well, like, sign, sign, yeah. up, sign up for the L2 there. Yeah. <laughs> see who he gets on. Jeff, give you with some stats with Usman Dembele. Do you want some Barcelona stats? Give me some, give me some stats. Give me any stats. 24 years old. Current market value. 40, oh, million, 40, sorry, 30 million. Yeah. <laughs> 30, 30 million. Sorry. Connell Pearce struggles to read the screen. 3, three million. 70. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kurt Mark Mann 30 million, but obviously he only has a few months left in the contract, so that's a big thing. Um, he, You were saying that he's playing a lot more regularly recently, Connell, and that's very true. He played 80 minutes. <laughs> 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 He's played like 80, 90, 75 minutes in the last three games, four assists. Like two, two against you talking about for Rosemont? Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, nah, he's got a goal. I'm, only, yeah. I'm a goal scorer, yeah. I, don't, I don't create. <laughs> but yeah, definitely since he's kind of settled under Javi, there's been, been a lot more. What he has six, seven assists and a goal. In his last um, four or five games. He so, was, I heard he was doing well. I didn't know he was doing that well. That, <laughs> no, he's the best player in the yeah. world. For Double the salary. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all, the that's all in the league, obviously, because like, um, they're in the Europa League this season. I don't Does know. that speak volume about the pressure being off? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I, I said, yeah, I, it's kind of hard to pinpoint because he has had injury problems. And when I ever see watched him play him in the Champions League, he doesn't seem to care. So unless he's decided Javi has maybe got under him, got into his head and said, you know what, you're wasting talent or you're wasting your own time. 
and maybe that's turned them around. It's always the case, though. How many times have you been through life and something, you know, you go, ah, I'll give that up, and then it starts to get a bit yeah. good, you know what I mean? Like, that's my yeah, confidence be... thing. Like, for yeah. somebody, he's still quite young, and it's probably he's probably gone from, what, 21 to 24 in the blink of an eye without really doing anything. A lot, a lot of injuries in, in between. Yeah. Like, obviously, there was the issues with performances and stuff. He wasn't really showing up, but... Yeah. Like, 32 goals, 30 assists in 139 games for Barca. Okay, isn't it? In what people are saying is a failed thing. It's worth keeping on anyway from what we're saying. I suppose yeah. look, he was 120 million. Oh, yeah, I'd expect yeah. that. Yeah, oh, I expected that. 30 goal seasons, like you know, if at the minimum yeah. in, if for Barcelona in that La Liga, in that La Liga now. Yeah, I'd expect that. So, do we think he's all going to stay at Barcelona? In? No, that's what I'm going to say, Jeff. What's his next steps? What's I think he's going to stay. I think I signed a new contract. What? Your man, the new, or not the new, but the chairman or CEO or whatever, Barca came out the other day saying that they were in discussions yeah. for a new contract. So. I know, but they say a lot of things. Well, yeah. they, they came out claiming that they talked to every player in the world, apparently. Jamal Salah and Lewandowski are on the watch list. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he really likes Salah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. I know, but he really likes who did he say? What, what a hot take. <laughs> yeah. Because they play out that wingers. I'm sick of Jeffs. There's some controversy. No, I agree exactly with. Oh, I, think, I think he's building something, and to have a, someone of that quality at your disposal, you be, be actually, you know, before we move on to it, are we getting a bit carried away with Xavi? Does he know? Is he really just embracing the cultures of the club, and that's really good? In the no, I think I think the foundation, I, he knows exactly what he's doing. Or like, can we not say how long has he been there for? Two weeks. Four months, like we can't judge him on four months. Alan Pardew looked like he was going to bring Christian. You're not, ju- not judging him, him, but our, our, point, our point is and that, he had the that whole punch in the he, he stabilized, he stabilized, yeah. And he, a lot of lesser managers have gone into a lot of more difficult situations than going to Barcelona and stabilize clubs. Like I said, Alan Pardew and Crystal Palace, who were dire, Tony Pulis and Crystal Palace, a bit of a recurring trend here. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, but, but I don't think that's a reason for them for Dembele to say, "Well, actually, Xavi hasn't proven to me or Barcelona." Like you know, th- no, but we're all going on about Xavi and this, that, and the other, and the press are going crazy about him. And look, he might be brilliant, he might be super, but can we not just wait a minute? Like when you look at it, in the flip side, Guardiola lost his first match in charge of Barcelona in the Liga and drew the next one. You know what I mean? And then everyone was like. Is this a joke? You know what I mean? Like, why do we give this lad the job? And then he won the treble that year. So well, that's on the flip side. I know I get I get your um your point, but I just don't see at this moment that Barcelona should earn the side of caution. Like, where do you think he should go if it's not Barcelona? Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> now, right. um, and the answer is not PSG either. But I do think he should really reconsider and see where his actual values lie. What does he want? If he wants money and all that, I'm sure PSG will have a place. They have a place for fucking everyone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But if he wants to really revive his football career, I don't think Barcelona is the place to do it. I think he should move away from the club. I'm not saying he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to go Premier League. He can go somewhere else in the Liga. He might even go Real Madrid. 
he can go Serie A. I don't think he should stay in Spain, but he should go somewhere where I think he is almost valued or appreciated because I think he kind of feels in that way now because he's kind of, it's like, oh, we want you to stay. You know, we want you now. Okay, the next free transfer. And he's gone. As yeah. much as you don't want to admit it, Jeff. I don't really care. Paul Pogboom. Pog. Boom. Pog no longer back. <laughs> There you go, guys. <laughs> Podcast title. Pogba's gone. He's going to PSG. Cause payday, payday. I know that. Maybe you look Can at Gini Gini Wijnaldum and uh, not look at them and go, yeah, Jesus, yeah. that's not a great idea. But <laughs> Jeff, do you care that he's gone? Not really, to be honest. He's been there long enough. He's hasn't had a significant impact in the club like and he was talking there recently about winning trophies and stuff and like no do you think, do you think I don't just for the record I do think Bob is good yeah no, I just don't think it's worth keeping I just don't yeah. think it fits into United's culture GG's four as a Liverpool fan I really hope they do keep him because I think it goes against everything that United yeah. were so God you know well, yeah, I, 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 think, I agree I think he'd be a good keeper. asset to another club if it's the right fit but Man United don't what is the right fit for Pogba I think like the Juventus, like he seemed to play really well there and seemed to suit that. Did but I, but that was just kind of maybe the players around him at the time. Allegri. He was grand. Uh, he was very good for for Juventus. In, in the, I'm only based off. I don't watch them every week, but in the Champions League run. When Jeff, can you pull up stats? And I think I think that this isn't to go against. This is just what I remember. I just want to clarify if I was right. I remember checking after he signed. And he plays left winger, like left winger, like left forward. Before he ends, and uh, no, he was playing more like a played predominantly as a centre mid. Yeah. One hundred and forty-two times no. as a centre mid. Left Four winger. appearances as a left mid. <laughs> no, we played left winger. I'm telling you now, we played left. Don't winger. ask him to get up the stats and then don't <laughs> agree with no, him. No, 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 that's on the stats. I want the stats on this last season. Now you've had ten goals, ten assists. I'm pretty sure. That's pretty good. That's not what you asked for. Yeah. Um. No, but Pogba did play play predominantly like in that Steven Gerrard role, like he played on the Rafa Benitez. It was more of a. It was more of a like left at the left forward. of a three though, like of a four three three. He was up more than he was back. He wasn't back at all. He played forty one games. Forty as a central midfielder, one as a defensive midfielder. Go on. Scored ten goals, eleven assists. Oh, it was close. That's big. That's not unbelievable. It's not unbelievable, no. But, but no, that's not his. That's that's, that's not his role, though. Like like Gerard no, would have done that every no, year. He, like he's not like okay, his roles at least get assists. Then. Ten goals, eleven assists isn't bad. Like that's no, it is. It's good. It's that's good. what the Bruyne. That's what the Bruyne would get though most seasons for City. Like, and that would be considered his role like, contribution every two games. Yeah, like it, he, he's yeah. he's doing. He's, but that wasn't his predominantly what he was there for. Like he was there to carry the ball, stuff like that. His passing range is unbelievable. So he's probably in that like pre-assist. Range of play, eighty million worth at the time. Oh, I don't think I think you, they overplay. That's what I'm saying. I think, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, I, I do, that, but that's the United with every player. Yeah, it's always in play. It's just it's that that's what that's what I don't understand. It's like they're holding on, and we got this whole spiel about. I'm not saying that's not good. It is good, and it is good. Don't compare him to the Brown again, though. Um, um, but I think yeah, he's United should let him go from a neutral standpoint. I don't see the whole point. We're getting a little bit carried away here, but it's so genuine and raw passion coming out of me here. <laughs> We're going to move on, though, from it. It, it, is, it, is, your, it is your section. So. Who should replace Pogba? Pogba. But 
does he need replacing because he doesn't play that often for them to have ah, the, the, look, he's an asset to the club because yeah. he's worth value is there any players like him I think they, they don't need to re- directly replace him but they whatever type of money they save on you know I need a centre mid yeah they need a centre mid who has defensive mind because for some reason like I said you love it you think Pogba's going to be fucking Roy Keane I'm saying he plays as a left winger I know you're saying he's not, but I never he said was, he was a defensive midfielder. Yeah, nobody's def- no one said he was a defensive midfielder. Roy Keane. No, okay, but centre mid, like Roy Keane was box box. I think you can't. They need someone in there that's like United need two players to do one, not two players to do one role, but they need two players to fit into a midfield. They need one that's gonna sit in front of the back four, sweep everything up, and then they need someone to give it to that's creative that will get it into Bruno. Like probably not Ronaldo further up the pitch, but like Sancho. Are we moving away from that though, Jeff? I think that's real kind of gone now though. Like they tried that with Van Gaal a bit, and now when you look at like City's midfield, they can all do everything. Yeah, but that's that's his point though. He's saying that they've two players doing what a lot of clubs have one player do. What do you mean? So like Fred and McTominay. Is that what you're saying? Fred and McTominay are doing a job that. To a Rodri would I think Jeff's saying that they need like a defensive. Jeff, what are you saying? <laughs> what, what United are missing at the moment is a link player between winning the ball back, which Fred tries to do but can't then retain possession. And then what they have McTominay doing, which is playing backwards and sideways. They need someone that can now advance the play. So someone that wins the ball back, doing the likes of a Fred roll or whatever, he'll do well beside another midfielder that can then link the play into the forward players. Do you think that so will only take them so far, though? Like, there's a ceiling for that now. Like, Liverpool were brilliant with it back 12 years ago. You know what I mean? When they had Mascarano did that. Everyone knows what he did. And Alonso did the passing. But the point the point I think he's making is... Now when you look at... But Fabinho does that for Liverpool. Fabinho but, passes the ball amazingly. And, and Fabinho dribbles the ball amazingly. Yeah, but the same as Rodri at City. But two of the biggest, the best clubs in England have that player that does... Which, which there isn't a lot of. Yeah, there isn't a lot so of. So United yeah. need two players to do the role. But Liverpool also got far with Henderson, Milner and Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum in the midfield. That yeah. wasn't exactly Yeah, it's not, right. it's not mutually but exclusive, all, but it helps you get more players into the pitch. Yeah. Industrial and but, hard-working and good passers of the ball. And th- that, it's also a different system, though, to what United are playing. I think United are going to go towards that. Though. I think that's won't fit Bruno in. in though. That's what the game like. That's what United that's team a is for another day. Although he signed a new contract, but they need to keep Manu because he's yeah, he's, it's, it's, it's an asset to the club. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, we don't go too much about. I saw he has something like a hundred and twenty nine goal contribution since he signed for United. He's amazing, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, but yeah. it's just it's it's a situation where it's I think it's United are going to if they continue with that system. I don't think that's going to win the anything. I think the game's advancing to a more team collective game, and I don't think it's four two three one. And obviously, four two three one can work. No, but I I agree. It, it's not a system that has been particularly effective. If you look across the leagues, I think in that the last kind of few context, years, you know, we were talking about it. In. It's very much going back to a four three three or what what's looking like now is like a three five two sort of system is what's effective at the moment but it obviously depends on on the circumstances like like because even in the way we were talking about, like Matic is still really good at defending and he's still one of the best in Premier League I don't care what anyone says in that bro he's lost a bit of athleticism obviously you know what I mean happens to Asia but he can still defend and he can still get around the pitch okay and if Pogba plays beside him and Pogba's obviously like we said quality great pass as well why doesn't that work you know too, too many too many gaps the two guys aren't athletic enough 
Pogba's very athletic. Yeah, but he, he, he Pogba's athletic, but it's fairly common. He's you know, sporadic. His, his work rate isn't great. His, his uh, tactical understanding. Tactical is the word. Yeah. So Flap. yeah. So yeah, they should get rid of him <laughs> and reinvest Dude. the money. In Hoiberg. Get in Hoiberg. Oh, and a couple, <laughs> a couple of German lads we can't understand. You ever see him coming in? Like, oh no. I'll lose whatever hair I've left. <laughs> okay, what are we on to next? All right. You have you have the intro for this one. Oh, now I'm nervous about it. We promise not to laugh. Now we're moving on to the Maccabi Teller Tweet of the Week. Not great, <laughs> but it's better than... Like a 5 out of 10. I'll take it. Yeah, it's not bad. It's Thanks. Bad. What is the Maccabi Teller Tweet of the Week? Explain explain to them again, Ethan. What? The Maccabi Teller Tweet of the Week is basically where myself, Connell and Jeff, we have a group chat because we're friends on Twitter, and we send tweets into them. And we see what was the best tweet of the week. And we have an interesting one this week. I wanted a different one just for the record, but I was outvoted. Yeah, you, so, you, got to, you got to talk about Pogba, so... Okay, well, <laughs> off my chest there. Come on, you so, take it <laughs> so yeah, this week's tweet comes from Yash <laughs> at Odoriazilita. Should have practiced that. Tonight. Yeah, really should have practiced that. Yeah. Um, so go, oh God, he's right. <laughs> Audrio Zolite. Um, yeah, so her. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Yash. Yeah, you will just say Yash. Right? So, yeah, this is a graphic of uh, the most dangerous passers by zone in so far in the Premier League this season. Um, and just to read out the tweet, it said, Trent Alexander is good, but the good is uh, kind of scribbled out and it's replaced with God. Feedback welcome. And we're going to give the feedback on the podcast. <laughs> yes, you're going to get the feedback. Don't you so, worry yeah. about it. So obviously it's, it's a picture, it's like a box, uh, so it's on the opposition half. Well, I'll tell you what, no, we'll, we'll try and describe it to them, we'll tell them from, it's basically who's the most creative in different parts of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. We'll put the graphic up on our and social Instagram, media. On our Instagram, yeah. Feel free to check it out. <laughs> so yeah, as, as kind of you can tell by what she said, Trent Alexander is God, so on the right-hand side of the pitch, he is the most creative player in five of the six zones. It doesn't really um, matter who the other one is. It's Vladimir Sufal, who is obviously very creative at taking corners or taking or making no crosses. Cross <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, Trent, Trent then dominates five of the other six areas. So as you, as, early in there. yeah, as as obviously we get on. Yeah, I suppose we'll go through the tweet first. We can analyze it then. So if you go to the center of the pitch, right, kind of on their own or on the opposition center circle, Thiago Silva is the most creative player, which is interesting. Must be. Good at breaking the, they must be good at breaking the lines, and um, then just directly in front of him, so just outside the box, um, player we just discussed, uh, Bruno Fernandez is the most creative player, um, and there, so and then on the left hand side it gets a bit, bit, bit different, a bit varying. So, um, Joao Cancelo dominates two of the areas, um, interestingly and, not like in front of yeah, each other, side <laughs> by side. The Cancelo but... one is weird because it Laporte then as it dominates it beside Thiago Silva on the left-hand side, Cancelo out wide, and then directly in front of those two... The biggest surprise of them yeah, all. Yeah, is Joe Cancelo and Dwight McNeil. And if you look at his, you know, the numbers, I'm, I'm not even totally sure what those numbers mean, but his is quite high comparison. You know, the only other one that's higher He's is... He's expected threat. Yeah. Expected threat. So, yeah, Dwight McNeil... You get it. <laughs> so, we're guessing Dwight McNeil just whips in a lot of balls. That's obviously, <laughs> but it's it's, it's respond yeah. to Burnley's style of play, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that's how Burnley play. They're trying deep, to get balls in. Deep crosses. And obviously, Dwight McNeil is obviously accustomed really well yeah. to that style of play. Hence why he's there. You won't see Manchester City go, you know, when we get the ball, 
you know, halfway through the opposition's half, let's get it in the box. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Liverpool do it a lot. Trent, 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 Trent just does it wherever. Yeah. Trent just does it wherever. Look so, at the top two near the box as well. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to add to that point. So yeah, just to finish, with Regulon is in the far corner. Uh, I don't know. Must be. I don't think he takes no, corners. If these are all open play. Yeah. Oh wow! So he like, just he, he just likes he loves get. Uh, I think Regulon and Sufa just from my watching them. I think both of them just yeah, but his over, level is high as well. Overlap a lot, as in like they just get a lot of cross into the box. Um. And then, obviously, interestingly, inside the box, as we obviously alluded to Trent being there, it's obviously Robertson on the other side. So, you know, I'm thinking just from looking at this, um, Regulon and is as a threat there because they typically now play five at the back. So he got yeah, is on the overlap there. a lot wider. Soufal is just, I, I just picture me like Jared Bowen cutting in, Soufal coming back, <laughs> getting that ball. Tackling uh, yeah. for us, we call him. Coming then, from a West Ham fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> And then just Trent and Robertson, Liverpool obviously attack more narrow than you know other teams because they just get into the box better. Yeah, and Robertson yeah. actually before we yeah. move on is really interesting one. Robertson's out of that front four that we can see. You'll see the graphic on our social media. Yeah. Um, or just look for the tweet yourself. Um, <laughs> Robertson's is the lowest yeah. expected threat from there, and it's funny from from a Liverpool fan watching him that's this season. And I love Robertson the bits, but. When he gets into those positions, he seems to be much less effective than he was in recent years. Just I suppose, just the, the last one, obviously, we established Trent is really good and a couple of other points. But it, I find it interesting that, like, you know, Bruno is p- positioning there, like, has been the because that's a quite a difficult position to create chances from. He's paid for a club, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's that's why he's getting the extra money. But, uh, yeah, because he's not seeing the Bruyne in there, no, the Bruyne does fucking everywhere, <laughs> that's why. I'm surprised he didn't take one of Trent's positions there on the right. He loves getting out. No, I'm sure he does it from everywhere. Yeah. He ends up everywhere. He's scoring the bloody goals <laughs> as well. We're moving on to the graveyard now. Now, just for you that don't know, the graveyard is a series where we discuss the most high-profile transfers that didn't quite work out. Now, we try to avoid huge ones like, as we mentioned earlier, Esmond Abele, Felipe Coutinho, Andy Carroll. And this week, we have something different. And it'll create a bit of a debate, which we like. It's healthy to debate, unless you're Cunnel. Um, it's bad for my health. <laughs> we're going to talk about Kaka going to Real Madrid. Now, my... God, he weighs 92 kg. That's not good. It's starting to sound like you. <laughs> yeah. When, when, was, when was he last played? Kaka on Hulk. <laughs> um, 2017, he retired. Um, yeah. Kaka, just for the record, moved to Real Madrid... For sixty million pounds at the time, close to seventy million euros, which is what obviously Real Madrid paid in because euros. That at the time was astronomical. It was a huge sign. It happened a few weeks before Ronaldo signed for Real Madrid for an even bigger fee. But you have to take that out of context for the time being because when Kaka signed for Real Madrid, it was like fuck. And put it in put the put it into this context, Manchester City. And Connell remember this because he just started supporting Manchester City like two months before this happened. Had a hundred and eight million bid accepted. It wasn't accepted, but it was like, oh, we might. <laughs> you know, they had talks. Kaka had talks with Manchester City. You said no because God told him to go to Real Madrid. God must have been fucking laughing his head off, Jeff, because I don't think it turned out well at all. Considering the level of player that we had. Kaka won a Ballon d'Or in 2007, and in second and third place were Messi and Ronaldo. Messi and Ronaldo. 
I think he was a flop at Real Madrid. Yeah, I, I would remember him as a flop at Real Madrid as well. Given all the context of everything. Yeah. Go on, Jeff. I disagree. I disagree in one element that he, well, he's a beautiful man. He is a... But he went to Madrid. Obviously, big money, whatever, overshadowed by all that. Went to Madrid at a time when they signed so many players that the whole team was disrupted, right? Okay. They did pretty well for a disrupted team. Yeah, but I mean, in ter- like, they have too many players to have like a fluid team. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I Sec- secondly, he got really badly injured when he was there. But he this a- is all contributes to him being a flop. I'm, I'm just giving my points. He had a, a bad meniscus injury in his knee, right? Which, that that's a huge one for contributing to slowing you down movement and stuff like that, like an ACL would do. And he had a pubis injury as well, which isn't <laughs> isn't a nice one, but that would keep you out for a, a long time. Yeah, it would, yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, which I think the big contributing factor is, when he was at Madrid... He would have played a lot of the time out of position because of the other players that they signed. So when he was at Milan, he was the main man playing in behind the striker. But if you're signing someone, like say Ronaldo could have taken a similar route, could have like, ah, oh, you know, I played. I know he played in the wing for United, but you know, like I could have said, oh, well, they're playing me left wing or you know, instead of the right wing, like he played at United. Could he have not taken a similar route then and said, I'm playing out of position? What can a player say in that case? I know. You've just signed for a team. Manager's in charge. They'll play you where they play. Andre Ramos. Andre was in charge, yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally gave him tra- like blank checks. Yeah. Andre Ramos didn't know that team. Seeing Kaka show up in the training. He was like, ah, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> kaka, kaka. Let me share some stats with you, Jeff. I thought you were going to be a bit more aggressive with it. I thought you were going to be hitting me with all sorts. I just think you're being harsh. I am being harsh, but I'm not here to play fair. I'm here to win games and to slay caca. I'm Pogba. A bit. Like, you could have picked Jonathan Woodgate or something. I was going to pick Rocky Santa Cruz. 25 appearances first season, 8 goals, 5 assists in the league. How many starts? 21. Yeah, it's not great. It's, it's not bad. Yeah. Like, if Naby Keita did it for Liverpool, he won't. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's okay, like, you know what I mean? It's bad. You know, fair play to you. I mean, probably cost the same amount. Next season, Jeff. 14 appearances, 7 goals and 4 assists. That's pretty good for 14 appearances, once again, in La Liga. Every Real Madrid team that had Ronaldo in it. And Ozil. But when no, I'm looking no, at... No, didn't have Ozil yet, no. Hey, no, he got him after the World Cup in 2010. 10-11 season. What I said nine ten. And I, I counted for that. It was the fourteen appearances in the league? That's just not good enough. Now this is when I knew he was. This, a this is where I bring in the injuries. Spent four years injured. Like if Ronaldo signed for Real Madrid and he was injured for four years. Can I add uh, another thing to the, the lower goals and an yeah. assist thing? When you're in a team with Ronaldo who's scoring ninety odd goals a season or whatever. There's not a lot of other players that are scoring goals in that Madrid team. No, but Ozil made himself important. Yeah, Kaka could have been important, but a similar thing to what we were talking about in terms of the phase of play that he picks up. He mightn't be the last player to contribute to the goal, but he might be heavily involved before. He's not important enough to like for them to care. 
they let him go shortly after this. 27 appearances the next season. So he's back on form now. He's playing a good few games in the league at five goals, five assists. Now, I know you're saying, I, I understand your point of view, then the next season of three goals, two assists in 19 appearances, 12 starts. Compared to this. Oh, stats on Milan are ridiculous. Like, they're not unbelievable, but. Well, I mean, there's in, in, in a league players, at the time so that's predominantly defensive. And also, to reference Tiva football, our enemies, <laughs> um, their video that they put up earlier today. Kaka had one of the best Champions League finals that kind of just went under the radar. Yeah, because Liverpool came back and won. Would you know what Kaka did in that game? He played well. Can tell <laughs> me? I didn't know until today, and I watched the fucking game about 20 million times. He set up every AC Milan goal. Did he get, every did, single did he get one the assist for the first goal? Yeah. Did he took, take that cross? Yeah. And then he set up Crespo, and then he made one of his best passes of all time. Into Crespo for him to chip Duke because Dudek decided to come out and be an idiot. But yeah. No slander on Dudek. Come on. 10 goals, 5 assists, and 3 4. This is coming from Paulo as well. Um, 7 goals, 13 assists, so 4 5. Amazing season, obviously. Um, and 05 06, 14 goals, 8 assists. 8 goals, 6 assists in 6 7. And then when he won the Ballon d'Or, 15 goals, 10 assists. And also an 8-9, goals, 9 assists. So you put those stats in comparison to the stats of Madrid and they're not significantly better. They are though. <laughs> they're much better. Like that's 25 goal contributions in his best season at AC Milan and his best season at Real Madrid, it's 13. So it's doubling. Yeah, but he won the Ballon d'Or when he was at Milan. I know, but why didn't he Go on, Ronaldo won four or five, and this Ronaldo is a time, ninety goals in a season. Eh? No, I know, but they, that, we know that's not Kaka's game exactly. But it can be his game in the sense of where it's like, okay, well, we're talking about Xavi and yes, I know they're different players, but it's like, why could why didn't we talk about him? Because we talked about Kaka, Messi, and Ronaldo. That was the three, and that's why I was so sad at the end of the Tifo football thing because they put all the face together and it kind of hits you back when you're a kid. It's no, but I'm serious. It kind of hits you back and it was like, oh, fuck, we all talked about them. You know when he bought the match magazine? Kaka was there with them all. You know what I mean? Like, he was there with Messi and Ronaldo. And he was a perfect blend of someone who was technical, technically brilliant, but also powerful. Really underrated in this game. Strong and powerful. Would have suited the Premier League brilliantly as well. But... We, you feel almost robbed in that because maybe even like you said the injuries you might have physically peaked earlier in his life and it's just yeah it happens, it happens to a lot of players already they just can't I know but and such like a, the injuries just happen I know it's it's. he also broke his neck when he was younger yeah but that was when he was God younger blessing yeah, that, exactly. yeah. I feel sad now did, did, did they win it was he you know, he was a bit too Young was he for the World Cup when they won it in 2002? He was there. Was he? Yeah. They only played one game, but yeah. he was there. I'm trying to think, was he that just some highlight of his career? I know he won Champions League as well. But... <laughs> so, yeah, but I need to get myself out of this emotional state. We're going to finish on this. Yeah. Kaka was a flip flop and we'll send him to the graveyard. Are we sending him there? Are we sending him there? Yeah. Ah, sure, look, why not? We did all the work. Yeah, Jeff says no, but he's outvoted. Jeff's not going to the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his memory lives on. So to finish off guys, we actually are on social media 
our social media manager, Conal O'Shea, uh, twin brother of Conal O'Shea on the podcast, runs the social media. They're both named Conal. It's Carlo, I know, strange. Conal, tell us what your brother has in store for us on Instagram. Uh, we just we just have an Instagram where you can get uh, updates on our podcast and get little clips, hopefully, eventually, of, of the podcast to get an idea of what we talk about. So give it a follow. And we will soon be on TikTok as well. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. And follow the e-coach. Subscribe. E-coach club.